Welcome to the Mind Talks podcast, you're with myself, Nathan, and my co-host, Edwin. Our special guest is Michelle Douglas, she is back on. I think we had you on, was it episode 18, or was it 19, or was it 20, or was it 21? It was one of those four. <laughs> it was one of those four, anyway. Anyway, it's good to have you back on, and yeah, how's things? How's training going? Good, good, good to be back on, guys. And the training's good, it's good now. I've had since our yeah since our first chat on here, um, things have picked up, and I had multiple bouts of illness, unfortunately. So it's like took off the world right now. Mm. But I did have yeah, so I struggled a bit through that, and yeah, I've had to bounce back a bit. But um, I'm on the right track now. The training stuff, so happy days. Good, 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 good. Yes, good. Right, so what's the first topic? What are we going to start off with? Well, we might as well start off with um, the summer sports that we've had. So summer's come to an end, but since we last had Montel on, there's been so much that's happened. So um, first of all, I think we should probably touch a little bit on the Olympics. Um, Some of the amazing performances... Uh, some of the standout performances and what what were your highlights? So yeah, what what were your highlights? Gosh, so many. It feels like it's yonks ago now. Cause mm. When we did this and talking, obviously it's close to the time, and it's like how, look how much has happened. Yeah. Um, been on since then. So oh, what did I say? So highlights for me. Um, well, I'm biased because I'm, I'm I'm I'd always love the sprints, but I actually think this year just being a female sprinter myself and actually appreciating female sport in general. Women in sport have gone mad, like, mm. everywhere. I'm sure you guys would have to agree. <laughs> no one can yeah. really deny it. It's gone mad. Absolutely. Like, it, was, it was a highlight for everyone. There were some extreme clashes in the men's, um, like the 400 meter hurdles was humongous. Mm. Um, but I feel like, you know, the women often take a back seat. And for me, obviously, the sprints was crazy. The 400 meters was crazy. The 400 hurdles was crazy. <laughs> it was like back yeah. to back. So and for me, it's hard to look at out, you know, outright performances that I really enjoy because I don't know if people were really excited about the Olympics anyway. Like, yeah. people weren't really even going to watch yeah. it. It's kind of, oh, yeah, it's kind of on. Mm. I, just, I feel that the Olympics this time, though, because it was a little bit, there was a lot going on in terms of, I feel like it was a bit controversial. Yeah. Like there was beef over here on this, 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 this people over here were having this, you know, cultural beef over here. And there were, like I said, big, humongous, competitive clashes in various events. And even with, on a, on a British field, just for example, like 800 meter girls, just like Gemma. Oh, it, yeah. it, 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 to me, that was like, wow, because that's, that's actually fine. It was kind of like, not thought of it and suddenly bam to do mm. that come away with a medal and a fourth place that's that's amazing that's not you know my preferred event to watch but I'm watching everything and I'm just mm. like there's just clashes everywhere and unexpected medals like you know Holly as well Holly getting a medal in the pole vault for Britain for me watching the British guys was obviously key because there there are guys so it's always nice to see homegrown doing well hard to pick one but I just think the way you know girls we're doing doing a great job. Yeah, I I agree. I think um, the women in the in in the Olympics stood out um, in a variety of events and like yourself, in, when it comes to to track and field, athletics, I've, the sprint events were were phenomenal. Uh, not just by by the winner herself, but by just a variety of athletes and what they were able to like produce their best performances when it mattered. Um, you had the eight hundred, well, not eight hundred, well, the eight hundred as well. Actually, yeah, I forgot about that. So that that was that was a great event. You got the four hundred meter hurdles, both of them, the, the men and the women. It, it was, it was this Olympics was Olympics that I didn't go into it into it with much hope, but it ended up being quite quite a, a great Olympics um, considering the circumstances. So I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. I think my standout was the. 400 meter hurdles I remember messaging Ed and saying this is absolute madness this is crazy stuff and um, I remember reading a BBC article and I think the difference between that uh, world record in 400 meter hurdles and and 400 meter flats is just is under three seconds which is just absolutely phenomenal um, 
if I was, what's his name, Benjamin Rye finished second, I'd be livid. Can you imagine? You're breaking a world record and you still finish second. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. it was, it was, it's great. I, I watch it over and over again. And I think um, the best part of it is, is, is post race when um, Colin Jackson is just given, you know, just his commentary. He's just so shocked. And I just listen to it over and over again. Um, other standouts, probably, um, Oh, what was it? I really enjoyed. You know what? I, outside track and field, I really enjoyed. You know the BMX. Yeah, um, oh, yeah, 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 for sure. The B BMX for was sure. really, 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 really good. Um, it's something that you know wasn't necessarily in my kind of social group, mm -hmm. so it was quite. It was quite new to myself, and yeah, it was good. You know the boy, the boy from from Peckham, and mm -hmm. yeah, that I think that was yeah. a, another highlight as well. The triathlon. Um, I think where did they finish? Did they ever get gold or second? I can't remember now, but um, they they were great. Yeah, it was the team. It was the yeah, it was the team, um, Team GB, and I think it was it was yeah it was mixed, and that was really really good because I remember watching it um, in the early hours of the morning, and you know I'm not really big on triathlon, but I think I'm a fan now because it's so good. There's so many twists and turns, so. Yeah, like yourself. Yeah, it was. There's there were definitely some highlights. Yeah, you're right. Actually, watching Olympics, like for 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 me, it's always like athletics. I mean, sorry, <laughs> watching. But when you start talking about all the performances, definitely like you said, the BMXing and watching, and actually boxing. Like yeah. I was, I, I watched like the martial arts stuff because I've got friends that were GB Taekwondo, Judo, and that that are retired now with former athletes at the Olympics. So I watch back and go and see kind of like what they're doing and. Watching the guys in boxing, in, in weightlifting, like and doing the madness in in the weightlifting and getting a medal, like that trains in South London. Like I'm sorry, <laughs> like that's it. Like, it's a bit. Do you know what I mean? I'm like it's close to home, and that to me is like it's hugely inspirational performances like that. And the boxing, the guys getting just getting so far and actually and meddling and being on top of the world. Like this is the best in the world, and you're doing those things watching other other sports because obviously in athletics when you have like the bigger names or you have um like it's the clashes like the guys the men's high jump yeah with Barsham and Chinese, oh, like that's great. To, to share medals there's, there was moments like that in in the events that were just a bit surreal it was a bit like thing and I think what you mentioned Nathan about one of those things where you weren't really expecting people weren't really expecting much or um Eddie you say you don't really expect much but it's one of those things we didn't really know what to expect either because yeah. the men's 100 meters for example Italian Marcel Jacobs, like he wins the gold medal. Anyone, <laughs> no one's knowing yeah. that. We out from the games, no yeah. one's knowing that. And you do like to see that at the top of the, you know, top of the game. You don't like to see like we know who's going to win, who's coming second or third, which we've been kind of accustomed to for a very long time now with mm. with Bolt and now being retired. I think that those little performances like that, like not little performances, those real key performances definitely will stand out because it allows you just to kind of get involved in the spirit of the games, which is. Like anything, who knows anything can happen on the day and, and having BMX as a new event shows that things are moving forward so it yeah. gave people an opportunity to inspire new people different sports but yeah. also for them to get on a world stage because they hadn't experienced anything like that either ever before yeah, yeah absolutely yeah I totally agree um, I think, there's, I think there's, there's some sports that I think should be added that are not there and one of the sports that I think should be there is netball because I, yeah I always think it's crazy yeah <laughs> I, I don't understand why netball is not part of the Olympics. It doesn't yeah, make any sense to me. That's a good me. point. Yeah, it makes yeah, no for sense, sure. right? It makes no sense. It's like one of the core... I mean, you do it even in primary school. It's like a, one of the, the basic level talks. It's not like a real, like a, a question. Or you, you, uh, who's got horses? There's not <laughs> everyone's got a horse. How are you going to yeah. even do that? Something <laughs> like netball, a lot of people will do early on stage. And like you said, yeah. I, I always find it strange. And I've got really good friends, actually, Sasha and, um, and Kadeem Corbin. And and just have to see what they do in terms of Commonwealth that gets big for them, but to to not be able to experience that to me, yeah, it's insane. And I mean, one day it will be because they keep adding, they add stuff every time they add anything, which is great. Um, but it's crazy that you know skateboarding came in before, yeah, <laughs> before netball. So yeah. <laughs> who would have yeah. thought that? What did you guys think of the mixed relay? Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I okay. I'm not gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna throw it in there. At first, I was like, "This is a waste of time." <laughs> I was like, "What are you guys doing?" It's at the beginning of the schedule. 
makes no sense to me. I was like, mm. therefore, you're not going to have the 400 meter guys that are in the 400 meters because who's going to be running on 400 meter relay legs tired? That makes no sense. So you're yeah. always going to have a different team being put out in the first instance, especially not for the 4x4. Four four. And then it's kind of like you you just choose your obviously your position. So people are going boy, girl, boy, girl, or boy, girl, boy, girl, boy. You're choosing your position and how it's going to be and everyone selects the same way. And some teams didn't select the same way. And we know what happened to them, didn't they? They got punished. Nigeria. Nigeria, indeed. She tried, man. You know what I mean? Like, like she tried. But, you know, when you're up against, like, it's strategically, it's, to me, it's, it's a waste of time in that sense. I think spice up a bit, like, put it in a hat. That's how you get to run. First, second, first ball, pick it up. Okay, you've got to go boy, girl, boy. Okay, you've got to go girl, boy, girl. That will make it exciting. That will make it, that will just next level up, I think, make it exciting. Otherwise, mm. it's, it's not a free sport. It's just kind of like we all know it's going to happen mm. unless one team just decides to spice it up. But people won't do that because they want a medal. So they're going to yeah. be like, no, we'll just keep it simple and we'll win. <laughs> and keep it there. What do you guys think? I think that I, I like the event, but I think it needs to be in a different place during the championship, it needs to be near the end. It can't be at the beginning because you're not going to get the the best athletes running the finals. And that's that's a problem. I also think in terms of what they do with lanes when you come higher up, they should think about that when it comes to the way they mix the teams up. So the higher up you come, then the more options you've got when it comes to, to mixing the teams in, in terms of how you want it structured. I think that'll make it different. Um, yeah, that, that's my yeah. opinion on it. Yeah, I like it. I just, I think it's just progression, isn't it? It's just moving the sport forward, and you know, just always trying to keep it fresh and whatnot. So, yes, yeah, really good. I mean, you know, <laughs> we do have to mention Nigeria. They tried, and I, I, I thought it was fascinating because I remember before the race, they, you know, it was a big thing, and it was funny because you know the guy he just gave them a massive, massive lead, gave you know the last girl a good lead, but. Unfortunately, yeah, she couldn't. She couldn't hold it. But I think that's the fascination about it. it you know, it's it is about who who's going to who's go who's going to take that risk, and I think it's definitely something that is gonna get. I think I think yes, yeah, if it moves, if it moves um, schedule. So if it moves closer to the end, I think there's gonna be better coverage for it, and then you'll get better runners. And yeah, it will just keep it moving, and yeah, it will definitely be a permanent fixture in the Olympics and maybe even other area, other parts of you know the athletics world. So, mm. so let's talk a little bit about um, the tennis. So, we had a surprise winner at the U.S. Open. Um, uh, Emma, Queen yeah, Emma right now. Yeah, who 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 saw that coming? <laughs> no, no, no one. Well, Nathan looks like he's he's saying nah, that he not might really. see it. No, 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 no I'm no, I'm no, definitely no. not one of those. No, <laughs> no, I didn't see it. Even, even saw that. I think it was a celebration, the breaking records beforehand, getting to the final, and then do you know what I mean? Like that's the level that is kind of like, well, you've already done something that no one has really done for what well, they had done for many many years. Like what you know what I mean? Um, I think that's, that's a huge achievement but that's because to me watching having sports so like tennis the US Open where you're aiming for almost just to make it and then to smash it is mm. kind of you can't call those things it's a bit like it's a team in athletics with, in the Olympics with the, the men's hundreds and stuff you can't just be like scraping make finals and suddenly just winning medals yeah. It doesn't, it's, it's ludicrous, it's crazy. Like, it doesn't really happen now. often. Yeah. Like, you'd be lane one, and then you just win it. I'm like, well, you're lane one because you're fastest loser. Yeah. <laughs> so you're one of the slower ones from the heat, but then you can come in and win it. So I think it's kind of that, that scenario. But what I think that's done, though, it's, it's not only obviously massive for Emma, like, her as a, a sportswoman. That's not just massive for tennis and for Britain, but for young people, for women. There's so many levels to her success and achievement. That especially the way it was done and the winning yeah, ace, yeah. like, do you know what I mean? It, there's so many things that you could divulge into that, and, and it will be used, I think, as an example for many things when you have yeah. adversity, when you're thinking about oh, you, the levels of achievement what you can do, it's going to be used for a long time yeah. because you know, next day she won, next day she was on red carpet immediately, and yeah. people know your name. And I think it's great that 
that will only help the sport, not that tennis needs to be um, pushed more. But I think anyone, especially British, especially women in sport, that gets success like that, it will just help push everyone, everyone along. Everyone's thinking, there's people there, the tennis clubs must have gone mad. I guarantee the membership, I, I'd love to see stats on membership in tennis mm. clubs the week after that. Like, I can't imagine it not having an impact like that. You make it. You make an interest point, interesting point about membership because you're probably right. The stats have probably gone up, but then how many of those people that joined up to clubs come from a, a diverse background? That's that's the biggest issue in tennis because you're gonna have Emma has now won. It's brought more attention to tennis for young kids in this country, but when Andy Murray um, started winning Grand Slams, what difference did that make? <laughs> Yeah, so I think that's a big barrier, isn't it? It's definitely a major, major barrier. But the question is, do the tennis authorities want that to change or do they want to keep it exclusive? And that's something that needs to be asked to them. Do they want to expand it to, you know, those who um, are not necessarily living in those middle class areas? You know, why can't it be open to working class um, areas and working class people it's not every day that we want to well especially for the boys it's not football and rugby and cricket and basketball actually some of us like other things and I think Edwin and I have both said in the past on this podcast that yeah if there was an opportunity to play tennis for sure we would have done that but unfortunately and it is unfortunate we were brought up in the wrong area in London so we didn't really get those opportunities um Emma I think honestly I think that tennis needs a savior women's tennis anyway they need somebody to push it forward I think when it comes to Serena I don't think Serena was pushed herself let alone uh, the burden being on Serena yes she was extremely successful but uh, you know I don't really want to get too political but I don't think she pushed tennis forward as much as she could have been and I don't think it was her fault of her own I do feel that there was a do um, you know what no nah, no nah. I think there was a bit of an unconscious bias I think when Maria Sharapova mm. beat her I think what was that 2005 yeah when when Maria beat her I for one of those yeah I think that's what tennis wanted. They wanted Maria. She was the, the golden child. She was going to push it forward. She was going to be the next big thing. Then Serena and Venus started smashing everybody. And rather than getting behind her and, and pushing her and pushing tennis, what they did was, yeah, let's just say I saw very clearly that there wasn't the push. There wasn't, you know, the, the coverage that she deserved. Um, com- in comparison to Maria Sharapova. So I do feel that Emma could be that person, possibly. But I don't know. Women's tennis is so open. So she she's done the hard part by winning her, her, her maiden title. But can she be consistent? And I don't know. I think the, what you just said is like absolutely spot on. And when ending on like, can she carry that? I mean, she's extremely young. Which mm. and there's kids out here that are looking at her and going, oh my gosh, I can do that. It's a, a mad achievement for for being, a, you know, I mean, a young a young player. But mm. I do agree. I do agree with you. Um, what's interesting about that? Obviously, we're talking about the political side of tennis and what that what it does because it is it comes part and parcel, right? So she's done mm. amazingly well. And what does that mean for like all those facets that I mentioned about women being of different cultures? What is what's it going to show off? And I think said what you said about Serena absolutely especially when it's not homegrown like for us British it's very different we experience a very different I guess world I mean maybe not because I know Serena yeah. would say that but a world of tennis because we it's not very relatable I, I would I don't know if you guys would agree being you know yeah. of colour but it's not really relatable because you're kind of like well we don't really have anyone that we see all the time that's that, that. Yeah. apart from Serena she holds the flag for everyone everywhere pretty yeah. much but I think what happens is you as a person, as an athlete, so Serena, is a very strong character. The personality can get in the way, like you said, of the impact. So yeah. I think what you're saying by that is, she, I mean, she probably couldn't win anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't matter yeah. what she did. 
because you can play up and be like the quiet, soft, let's not be too, let's not say too much, let's not even be honest, open about this, and you would still get backlash just because yeah. of who you are. So it's kind of like, well, I'm down, I'm down if I don't. So she's gone, yeah, I'm going to stand tall. And plus, when you've been in the game for so long, you're, you're sometimes, and I'm speaking, I would say from experience as an athlete, that gets to the point where you're like, I can't, I'm not going to keep crying anymore because I've been in the game too long. It's like old people, isn't it? Old yeah, people yeah. are rude. Yeah. I'm not ever going to kill it. They will push in lines. <laughs> they will say, oh, sorry. It's because they're old and they live long and they've said, you know what, I've done my time. Now I can do what I want in life and you can't tell me nothing. <laughs> I think it's that same mindset. She's like, you know what, I've done enough of this sport. I've been in the game for so long from a young child and I want to make a different kind of impact that's going to impact, you know, the people around me, the things I see. So I think you're absolutely right with that. I think the thing with, like, Sharapova, even with, like, the doping ban and all the stuff, and obviously we're getting into too much craziness, but it's kind of like, that would be very different had it been Serena. Yeah. Am I wrong? It's just not going to go 100%. down like that. It was all hush, yeah. hush, quiet. You're late, two years, three years, you're back in the game. It, it wouldn't necessarily look that way, that recovery, yeah. I don't think. And that is... Surely, you know, we all know it's because of it's because of race and ambition and kind of personality and what they see, what we see. And I actually had um, I quickly share with you guys. I actually had a webinar, like a chat. We had Judy Murray actually speaking, and I actually gave this question to Judy Murray. I had to. I was just like, "How you, how are you getting black kids in?" Because <laughs> the, the sport itself lends itself to a certain type of. Uh, physical attribute anyway mm. like it's very powerful there's certain things in certain sports like you said that people don't swim all that nonsense jazz and and mainly a lot of people say this stuff is because it's, there's no access but the access is blocked by you said the demographics the economic deprivation areas mm. so how do you get them in there and we spoke about it and she did say you know that it's not as expensive as people think and i was saying but they do not you're not getting access to tennis because coaching and thingy and you almost have to pay your way to the top <laughs> because yeah. that's what and that's what tennis athletes tell me the actual players they out of arts the professional ones like what you've done one guy was like oh mate my, my parents just have to remortgage their house twice to pay for my oh my gosh wow. I, I was like oh your parents have got a house they own a house wow. <laughs> I'm like that's the level but I'm obviously being a bit ridiculous but I'm trying to show <laughs> yeah. the complete extreme and it is like that like they remortgage their house twice to pay for him he was in his late 20s through the whole his whole career now that's a very different world than most people will understand and will be even be able to try and aspire to, to achieve. So how can you possibly make it more diverse if the barriers are so humongous and also they're almost like now and impossible for you to get the head around it, let alone even financially think about how you're going to get how you're going to get there. Yeah, mm. exactly. I think during last year lockdown. There was a lot of parks that were free. Well, once lockdown opened, there was a lot of parks that were free had courts, and half of those parks that had courts were bought up by the LTA, and then they were charging people money. So <laughs> how how do you expect the sport to to grow and be diverse? Because there's people coming from backgrounds that don't have the money to pay for just one game or two games. It's it's not a sport that is diverse at all. You look at the United States, they have a few black players coming through and that's because they have someone like Serena and they've created different pathways for them to go there. But here, we do not have that. We don't have that at all. And part of yeah. that issue, I think, is we don't have representation. Yeah. Here. That's why. Because yeah. if I'm a tennis player, I'm bringing my people up because yeah. I want to do that. That's part of my role, responsibility that I yeah. feel. And my, what's my legacy? I, okay, I'm going to bring them up. I could easily go and do a, a national tour. If I was X amount in the world, it could be even 200. It wouldn't even matter yeah. right now. Yeah. I could do a national tour and go, right, I'm going to do girls for tennis and whatever. And I'm going to yeah. get, I'm only going for black or minority ethnic girls in the country and I'm going to yeah. get funding because there's no, it's not hard for you to get investors. Yeah. Just to invest a program where you bring yeah. them in and you train them up for even a year. Give 100 girls access to tennis, for example. And they have to be from certain backgrounds, but you have to have someone at the te at the table yeah. to bring them up because you're not getting invite into even the room if you, yeah. if you don't care. Like if you don't, that's not your world. You're, it's not going to happen. Yeah, mm. exactly. With so, I just want to go back to Emma because I just read today she she split with her coach, and um, I was really really surprised because she pretty much trialed him, and they ended up winning the U.S. Open. 
and I was reading her comments and essentially it said that she needed somebody a little bit more um, experienced and someone um, who's already at that level. Now, for me personally, uh, I would, I, I, I'm a bit dubious. Um, when I read it, it was a bit dubious to me. And the reason being is because that considering you just started with the gentleman and he he's surely impacted you, whether it's 5, 10, 20% or 100%, he's definitely done something to help you win that US Open. And for you to split up, split up it just seems to me that someone has spoken to you in your naive ears, ears rather, and said, listen, um, to help you with your marketing and branding, why don't you get an experienced coach, a well-known coach? And interestingly, when I was reading the article, they mentioned a coach who is well-known and well-established. So to me, it just seems like it's the, the PR machine is already having an impact on Emma. And I don't think she... And, and this is only me, you know, strictly um, opinion. I don't think Emma had much of a say as I much agree. as we think she did she was deaf th there is gently being pushed and then i think there was a it was it's definitely a little bit more than a gentle push so um i don't know what do you guys think about that there's, there's, there's tennis there's politics there's always politics <laughs> yeah. um and especially yeah. when one is so young as well we we don't know we can only make mm. assumptions um mm. But yeah, it just seemed pretty odd. Um, time will tell whether it was the right decision or not. But um, yeah, I was, I was baffled. I was baffled by that. Um, mm. And in terms of him not being experienced, didn't he? Hasn't he worked with some of the top women players in the past? No, I, did. I don't really know his profile. He's worked with, with her when she was young. But yeah, I, I yeah. agree with you. I would be hesitant to judge her solely on that decision, mainly mm. because she's young and she will have a humongous, well, I'm presuming, but she will have, and if she didn't have, she would have one now, a team round that mm. will then kind of hint, you know, maybe we should do this because, you know, we need to get better. But mm. I think, I, I do honestly think that's what athletes go wrong a lot mm. of the time. Mm. A lot of the time. Like, take someone, for example, like Alison Felix. She's been with a coach for donkey's years because mm. it works. Now, when he started, he might have not been that person, but yeah. if it's working... If it ain't broke, why fix it? Yeah. Now, there is a limit to that. Yeah. When when I was sprinting and I was with my coach, I was with my coach for like 10, 9 on 10 years. And it gets to a point, actually, my coach before that gave me to that coach that got me mm. to Olympic Games. Because at yeah. 16, I've been with him for about three years. Yeah. But he had really pushed me. He was like, really want me to do well. He's so encouraging. He's taken me to, to everything. Everything yeah. like O was O to my first coach, Ray Turnell. Got to 16, I was, he got me as national champion. From someone who wasn't even... I didn't even care about sprinting, to be honest. I was tied down, I didn't care. And he got me to the best junior in the country at by 16 years old in 120 metres. And then he said, that straight, straight away, I have done enough for you. I cannot. I don't feel I can bring you to where I think you can go. Because he yeah. was always like, you can be one of the best, you can be one of the best, and I was just like the best what? And he really <laughs> pushed me so much that he gave me to my coach, Ayo. And okay. Ayo, from 16, it took us... Within four years, I was, well, three years later, I was best junior in the country, under 20, leaving. Mm. I was, two years later, two years later, I was in my first world, well, next year, next year, debut senior, next year, world championship, next year, British record Olympic Games. Like, that's six years. And then a few years after that, trying to find, obviously, I had to speak English, stuff like that. But having that, why would you change if you, you know, you've got to give things a chance? It doesn't always have to come in the package that you think it is, and I... Mm. I agree with you. I think maybe there's something more in that. I'm not mm. saying that it's not the wrong, you know, the wrong decision. Who knows? Like you said, we're not going to know. She might need someone experienced. We don't know the background. We don't even know their relationship. It could have been turmoil before the US Open. She was like, mm. I'm going to leave anyway. Mm. But the fact that we've won is not going to change those circumstances, which is another thing that happens. But I do think it is a little bit. I hope it's not because you think that you, like she has said, she needs a more experienced coach. Mm. That's for them to know. I'm not, you know, privy to the tennis but I am privy to athletic development and I think that it can be sometimes one of the faux pas in sport of changing things when you know just because you feel like there's more when what you have is actually just enough right now let's nurture that and then see where that takes us so you know break the get to the ceiling first then yeah. if, we, if we hit the ceiling we're like oh 
then we can look differently. But you're not even yeah. hit the ceiling. You just reach, like, literally shock. You just yeah. it was a shock win. Yeah. And you changed coaches twice in the last how long? Like, so I mean, that's my. Opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, next topic. What are we gonna talk about? Um, what else happened? So, tennis. Um, actually, do you know what? Nah, can we go back to the Olympics? Do you know why? Because I need to talk about rowing. Yeah, because they have a big, big, big fund, um, funding pot. Yeah. And they didn't necessarily do well. Now, I'm not a reactive individual. So just because this is their first Olympics where they weren't as successful as normal, I'm not saying that they should cut the funding. But what I am definitely saying is there needs to be some form of accountability and there needs to be a yardstick for the next Olympics because having yourself on Montel and some of the other athletes, both um, American and Great Britain, Great British athletes, the common theme or one of the common themes is always about funding. And let's have it right. Rowan, their funding is, I mean, the, the amount in comparison to athletics is night and day. It's I think it was what twenty four million? No, I think they had twenty four million. Yeah, twenty four point one, I think I read somewhere. So I'm not saying cut the pot, but I just want to know your thoughts and feelings. Again, no black people. Anyway, we won't get to that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's true. I know we don't like water. You don't even have to get in. But again, this is a class issue. This is an economic issue. Yeah. You're getting all the tea. You're not delivering the deliverables. There's no business in this world that that is acceptable. Yeah. Now, whether it's sport, whether it's music, you can't be signed to a label and then not sell any records. Like yeah. that's what it is. And yeah. if you yeah. don't sell it, then we we you know we find what you're you're doing. When you have a these things like this, not irk me because I now in my Bobstay world we have no governing body. Like there's no governing body really. Oh, like, wow. There's no real control central government. Yeah. They got no, well. Our governing body doesn't have any funding. We're wow. self-funded. We're trying to then now create almost the pathway for the people coming up because it's not going to be for us. It wouldn't matter if I got an Olympic gold next year. Mm. In February, if I walk over gold, it then sets up the next four years. When I've yeah. gone, see you later. It sets up them for the funding, and that's because yeah. it, you know badly managed and whatever. Now, when you look at, for example, the last how many years we've been top of the world, we have no access to tracks, to ice time. All the people above us got their own tracks, home tracks, their own sets, things like that. Being able to own coaches, everything has to be privately funded. When you've got a centralised programme and, you ha- and you're not delivering, then what does that say about the programme itself? Because we were top 10 in, top ten in the world. We don't mm. even got no tracks. We don't even mm. I don't see ice until I get on the ice. Where wow. you guys be weakening and out. And it's the same thing, I think, with Rowan. I think it's very easy, though, to kind of blame. I wouldn't even blame the athletes, but it's, it's, the gov- it's their job as... You know, UK sport will look at them as they do with everybody every year and they go, so we said you were going to do X, Y, Z. They look at their sheet and then they go, you didn't do that. We're going to take some of the money back that you is. And that almost becomes a downturn because we don't have the funds and the resources to then kick up the performance. Performance then obviously may go down even further. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get into this word thing. And like fencing, maybe what, 2012, I think, almost, they just pulled all the funding. There was no governing body. That's it from, from mm-hmm. having... A, a huge, huge program, and it's that's what happens. I think maybe you know with with COVID we could be understanding. I wouldn't want to blame athletes and saying what's happened. We don't know kind of the access, but when you have like a sort of fully fledged program, what what can they what can be the argument? It might be a lull in the program in terms of the athletes. Maybe they'll need you know what I mean a lot of the top athletes because they were doing multiple, they're multiple medalists like multiple medalists every mm. year without a doubt. And the expectation, maybe there's a lull in the gap. There's sometimes you get people there and there's this gap where you've got to wait for the, those guys transition up. Maybe it's that that they're coming into, that kind of era. But at the end of the day, like you said, when you've got all the, all, all the coins and you don't deliver, we pull the coin. And that's probably what's going to happen. If you don't mm. get X medal, they can't justify funding it for that reason. Mm. Um, but some people will argue as well that sometimes it's not being funded. Can we give you a bit more of a drive? That's true. That is very true. But still, the performance levels was not at the level that was expected. So I do think that that money should be probably shared 
to, towards a sport that did overachieve um, because I think that's the only way that's right. And I think in terms of um, rowing has been one of the main sports for, for Great Britain for, for many years, but the truth is they did not perform at a level. It might have been COVID, but COVID is something that we all have to deal with. Mm. Um so I think there needs to be change in the way the way it's um, split. I, I, I do. Yeah. So for the listeners, we're we're not communists. You know, we don't want everything to be <laughs> evenly <laughs> shared. <laughs> but but yeah, there's there's definitely got to be some form of accountability because yeah, it's worrying. And there are some sports. I, I you know I, I I'm a, I love track and. I don't know, I just almost, it almost upsets me that, you know, the athletes don't um, get um, the funding that they, that some of them deserve, you know, and why not? Why can't there be incentives? Why can't there be, you know, extra money put into the pot and there are, you know, potential for, you know, bonuses or, you know, based on performance? Why does it have to be so tight um, and it's based on, you know, performance? Like, why can't there just be an extra bit in the pot and that could be an incentive i just i just don't know i just think it's a little bit too stringent at the moment i think uh definitely things need to be um looked look, yeah looked yeah i think things need to change and definitely need to be looked over again i don't know mm, sure i mean i remember i'm just flashing back quickly um about funding yeah then pulling our funding two years out from uh, home games from the twenty-twelve. So they pulled wow. the funding. So we're not getting funded. And then everyone's looking around like, oh, how comes it went? How comes there was no? How comes there's no team? Because they pulled the funding. There's no funding. There's no program. Meaning we're not doing relay races. We're not doing relay training. It doesn't exist. And then we're literally on the last day. You know, like deadline transfer window yeah. day. That kind of thing. The <laughs> last day. We're trying to qualify at the European Championships. Trying to make the team. Mm. Like ludicrous, like because there's no program now, they're just bad decisions by governing bodies. They have to be accountable for. But unfortunately, the athletes feel it as well because if they've just been pulling, like you said, money left, right, and centre, and attributing it to wherever they think it is, it's hard mm. for you to pull the money and expect performances. It's it's very difficult, and that's why, again, if they had the money there, you know, performances are expected. Yeah, for sure. Um, quick one. Very, very quick one, because I know these, you know, this is not your sport, um, but Anthony Joshua is fighting to, um, yeah, he's fighting shortly. Um, He's going to be fighting Alexander Usyk. I'm sh- obviously, we're all going to be rooting for AJ. Um, Ed, how do you think, what do you think is going to happen? Is a knockout or on points? Uh, I don't know, you know, because Usyk is, is a very good boxer, but at the same time, Joshua's power and strength, I think, will will be too much for him. Um, mm. That's why I personally think. Um, let's hope when this podcast comes out that I'm right. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I think he'll be all right. I think he'll be all right. I think the first few rounds might be a bit of a challenge, but I think he'll overcome that. Mm. Wow, funny you say that. About the <laughs> power and strength thing. Mm. Have you guys seen? Have you seen Joshua lately? Um, yeah, I have. He's lost quite a bit, you know. He's yeah, lost quite a bit. Yeah, yeah he's a he's bit leaner now. A couple, 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 couple kilos. Yeah. And that yeah. shepherd power that you're talking about, I, yeah, well, I'm not sure I wouldn't <laughs> want to say anything. This is, yeah. this is gym talk. We talk about it at the gym with the guys at, at the training. And, like, I mean, obviously, always written for Joshua. I'm, I'm a huge fan. And, and not just boxing, like, work ethic. But I think, I do think Anthony wants to prove his boxing skills. I don't know if you guys agree, but I want. I think yeah. he's like, I want to prove I'm one of the best technical boxers, period. He's a mm. big guy. I've seen him in real life. I remember being a, in Tonical Road, there's like the sports, basically like um, sports boxers place in the boat. And yeah. I, I just saw, you know, like Thanos. Like I yeah. just felt an aura. <laughs> he wasn't really like a person. I felt like an aura. Behind. I was like, what is that? And I had to breathe. Like the whole thing, it was dark. And I turned around and he walked with the thing, and I was like, "Oh my god, he is a unit." I've mm. never seen a big. I've never seen a big person in my life. I, I, I <laughs> he's a really big guy, yeah. and that for me is one of his strengths. And the fact that he trains as well, and we can see he works hard. Now I know he did the same 
thing I think would be with Luis, right? Yeah. I think mm. he felt Luis lost, lost weight and the power, and it's kind of like, well, you want to be able to move as quick because Luis is very quick for a big guy. Yeah. Mm. But I, don't, I think sometimes you want to play to your strengths. Yeah. And you have to be confident that it's going to be enough for you to do that. And if you just hone those things, then it will come through. So, like you said, I hope he, he, I've got actual friends, my teammates actually going to go and watch it. Actually, mm. there, going to watch it. Um, so I hope it comes through. But we'll see, you know, how he's moving. He, he trusts what he's doing. His team trusts. And I, I love his team, everyone. Like, Eddie, Eddie heard everyone. I love the whole everything behind them. And I just think we'll see if that pays off, that the trimming down, getting faster, moving, what to do, what to outbox. I think that's what we're going to try. I think that's what we're expecting to see. Yeah. Whether that will, we'll, we'll see what happens if that's going to be the case. So that's all like yeah. if he just kicks his weight, you know, you just lay one on him and he'll yeah. feel it. <laughs> yeah, because you know, you technical. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I don't see Uzet knocking him out. So but I, I guess he's he's probably scared of being outboxed. Exactly. He wants yeah. to laugh so that he yeah. can just, you know, win like that. So we'll see how that plays on. But I feel like there's definitely a game plan for this one. Like, I feel like he does with all his boxes, uh, yeah. matches. I think he doesn't... I, I still feel that like he finds himself as a boxer, personally. And I don't, I'm not huge in boxing. But mm. I, I, I can see... Uh, to me, I see athletes and I see mindset. And I yeah. can see, to me, that he always wants to prove. He wants to do this well. So he's like, I want to go in there. That's what uh, my perception. I want to go in there and show that I'm a, a great boxer. And I'm like, your strength is this. Go with this. Yeah. That is enough. Don't ever think it. And then let's see what that happens. But at the same time, you know, I don't get knocked in the face. So yeah. <laughs> it's all fun and games until you get punched in the face. So yeah, I wouldn't want exactly. to critique too hard. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, so when I heard Usek was going to come up to the heavyweight, I said, yeah, he will beat Joshua. And um, the reason why I said that is because Joshua at the time was a little bit too stiff. He was, he was big. And I just felt like Usek will be able to just it would just be too elusive for him and would basically just run um, and just pot shot him for, you know, the whole 12 rounds. But I think now Usyk has come up. He's had, I think he's had Witherspoon. He fought Chisora. I think, yeah, so he's fought those two and he hasn't looked that impressive and he, and Chisora was hitting him and mm-hmm. no disrespect to Chisora. He's, you know, at gatekeeper level, at world level at most. So, I'm going to. <laughs> I think Joshua's going to win controversially. I think Usyk is going to sh- should win, but I think because but I think Joshua's going to win controversially. I don't know what it is about Usyk. He hasn't looked good, but he is. These Ukrainians, honestly, they have got. Oh man, they are so good. Their footwork is so impressive. Um. But yeah, I think Usek should win, but he's gonna lose controversially. Oh man! Nathan, when we will remember this, <laughs> remember that comment. Let's yeah. let's let's see what happens. Can't wait now. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, football. Well, North London derby. Yeah, yeah, boy. Yeah, buddy. I mean, I don't know what I'm getting excited for. Although Edward did, so as mentioned to me, they think that we are gonna win. Well, Arsenal. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah, see I of course, no, yes, of course, no, I, no, of course. Listen, I'm even. How could we be thinking the opposite side? That's mad as well. Because I just feel like, hey, actually, I ask a question because it's an interesting perception that you have there. Considering, why do you think that we're going to beat you? Well, Edwin, I just say. I think you're going to beat us because I feel like your team can get up for a game like this. I feel the way Spurs are right now, it doesn't matter who they're playing they can't get up for any game. So that's where I think it could be different. Obviously, I hope that's not the case. But from what I've seen in the last 18 months, I don't have great hope. Yeah, I think last season when we lost to Arsenal, I think that was the last straw. That was with me. that was shambolic. That yeah, was, that was actually shambolic. Like that yeah. We didn't we didn't we didn't show up. I was so I was so angry. Do you know when you get to a certain age, football no longer ruins your weekend? Oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that took that took me back. <laughs> that ruined my weekend. I was livid. Those players did not show up. And one thing with Arsenal players, and that, and as much as 
Um, I don't necessarily like him because he's always having a pop at us. Jack Wilshere, one thing I like about him is that he knows w- what it means. He knows what these derby mm-hmm. games were like and, and what it meant to the Arsenal fans. And just yeah. him being there and helping some of the, the foreign players. Arsenal always look, they always look ready and they look, always look up... Um, and ready to fight. Spurs, we never show up. Like, you know, maybe at White Hart Lane or, you know, the new Tottenham Stadium, you know, we do yeah. show up. Yeah, at home is different, but at the, at the Emirates. At nah. the Emirates. Nah. Yeah, we just, we just, <laughs> it's weak, weak mentality, yeah. honestly. It's a weak, weak mentality. So, nah, I mean, after the way we've been playing, Kane, Kane looks like he just can't be bothered and he's just got to that stage where... Well, those of you who are playing, those of you in the UK, you know what it's like. You know when you're you're the best player and you're playing Sunday League, and the rest <laughs> of the players are just trash, and you're just there, and it's just it's just like, yeah, do you know what? I can't be bothered. What is the point? Where is Harry Kane? He's not involved. They're like, he's like, I've got my, I'm signed. I'm, I'm done. I'm done the job. I'm on the team. And you know, those, you know those tokens that you actually say when you're like, I'm just happy to be here, man. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just happy to be here. Like, I'm just like, Palace, like, yeah, they, <laughs> like, they come on, yeah. Maybe we'll beat you 3 0. You know what? If I'm being perfectly honest, I think it's probably gonna not be in a draw, but I'm just being anti yeah. right now because I'm angry with that team. But yeah, um, it'll probably end up being a draw. It normally is a draw at the Emirates, um, yeah, yeah, it is. I told you, we're the only team we don't have a home advantage, you know. Any other time, <laughs> we're the only team, I swear, in the world that a home advantage. Because you can have a home Olympic Games and still do well. That's why it doesn't mean anything. It can play anywhere. Like, you can play anywhere. It, it has no significance of how they play. Do you think it might be the pressure that they get from the fans that the players just literally can't deal with it? Uh, um, I would say... Yeah, I mean, quite possibly. I feel like as a player, you'd feel that, right? Because you're home, you're like, I'm at home, I want to perform well. We've yeah. always played, you know, well against the top teams. For me, Arsenal plays generally well. Top four, when we were top four, generally well. When you you end up playing Burnley, Brentford, you end up with Brentford at the top, and you, you, you do, can't, you like, you never played football before. But also, mm. even though we've decided, it's a young team again, that we've got the youngest team or something, like, average, I think 24 years old, maybe average mm. team. You, got, you know what I mean, you got a young team. Now, nothing wrong with a young team. Yeah. But we mentioned it before. I think we spoke privately before around like having leadership in the team. And I just feel like there's no core like culture. 
culture there. There's no core play. You need yeah. to know what we're going to do, what we're, how we're going to do it. And then we need to know, are we going to react? When this happens in this play, how to react? I don't, I don't see that when we're playing still. There's still no reaction. It's kind of mm. like, oh, well, they've scored. And, and it, it's like headless chicken kind of. Not, there's no real culture, which is what I think you need to develop that. Core, mm. what's Arsenal, how do Arsenal play? But right now, they're still finding their feet. And I mean, Arsenal doesn't know what, what, doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what, he doesn't know what to do. You can't always, you can't. Ben plays Ben leadership, but he doesn't know what to do. So I, I think, I think you're probably right now. I'm changing my mind as I go and talk along. Maybe we'll beat you 1-0. But it ain't going to be no fire <laughs> in this group. It's going to be like 3-2, proper. That's what a lot of run derby should be, isn't it? It'll be like, <laughs> goal after goal after goal. And we're coming, always going to come back, final extra time. should be all that, but it's not. We're just, you know, we've got to concede how many goals and we've scored how many so we we might have, our third one might be reduced <laughs> mm. do, you, do you think Arteta will last till the end of the season no well, he shouldn't mm. he, he shouldn't I feel, feel like that I don't know if he will mm. but he's going to step down and do you know what he's got until he's got until like halfway he, 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 that's it for me I, I don't mm. even know what's going to happen but and this thing I was talking to my friend and I was going, <laughs> I was like, but who, who's going to take on the role? And she was like, well, anyone will do right now. <laughs> She's like, I'll have a go. I'm going to pin my time. <laughs> and I was like, so, so true. Shout out to Kev, honestly. Like, I was like, yeah, you're right. To be fair. Because I was like, at this point, it doesn't even matter. Actually, mm. just, re- just re-ball it. Because when it's so mm. bad, I feel like any change is good. Right now, and and it's yeah. kind of like we. I think we overthink the decision. I think we're gonna overthink the decision, but I don't know. I don't know what is it if he's gonna last. To be fair, I think he's just pull the plug. You know, it isn't that time. <sighs> yeah, I do. I do agree, but I, I think he might. He might survive again. Um, and if he does survive again, depending on how Palace do, I think Vieira at some point might end up becoming your manager. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <I would love. laughs> I would love, love that to happen. You'd need an untouchable. Just bring, just bring in the flavour. You know what I mean? Like you said, the, just the core. I don't even have to describe it. That's different quality there. And I, I agree. Like that would be me. Would be like, yes. I, I feel like even this, he still doesn't know what he's doing. Just the very hmm. fact that he would be involved would hmm. raise the team spirit. Am I lying? But, like, but, but do you think? Happens. But do you think he will get more loving just because of what he's done at Arsenal? Because Arteta, yeah, he was your captain, but really, he's not Vieira. So no, do you think it'll be yeah. different because of that? Absolutely. I think they mm. definitely, especially being a young team. You know, some of these guys, really, truly, I mean, they would have been, they, I mean, they probably even know when he was playing mm-hmm. if they were not very, very young. Because I remember, yeah. I like, that's like 90s, and I was like 10, 11, 12. The other day, like, that's like, early, two, yeah, 90, late 90s. Some of them, they're 24, which is 10 years younger. That's like, they're born in the 90s. When he was there, they're born. So they're not really going to have maybe the same, and even if, if they're not even Arsenal fans, but it's just knowing football and players, they might not have the same, they might have the sort of same respect, but it might not have the same favour. So it might not do that. But I think the pressure from the fans, and the pressure from everyone outside on the team would bring that out of them. I don't know if it would come directly from all the players, like, oh my gosh, yeah, he's just literally notorious. But I think it would do massive because it would bring leadership. And it would bring Arsenal leadership. For me, we're a very specific team. I don't know if you guys would agree with that. Not, I don't know if it's because it's my team. But I felt, I've always felt like they play a very special type of football. It's not really like a lot of people. And sometimes when there's no, when there isn't any kind of like core play, it, that's why it's wayward. It's just running there. Yeah. There's, no, there's no structure. Whereas like Arsene, when he left, honestly, it was the greatest, it was the greatest misery of, Travesty of of Arsenal. When I was younger, I actually thought they named the club because of him. Because when you're little, you're like, oh my god, Arsenal and Arsenal, and I didn't even know for about ten years. Do Do you think people will look back at that decision for him to go in years and think maybe we should have waited a bit longer? I I would personally, for me, I would say yes because I never understood in football how people are so quick to yeah. like, oh, you didn't do well in two weeks. You, you, you messed up the last two games. Get out. It's so, it's the pressure, the, it must be such a high-pressure environment as a manager. Like, how yeah. can you deal with that anyway? And how do you actually even perform under those conditions? I don't know. I'm not in that world. Maybe that's just the normal way of thinking of it, but in, in, in my, in, 
in athletics. You can't just do that. You need to give people time to nurture the team, grow, especially a team sport where yeah. dynamics involve, like you said, play, positioning, how, how, we, how we work together as a squad. Like, there's so many factors involved that I would never undervalue, undermine that kind of, those kind of factors, which I think the football world does. They're so quick yeah. to be like, get out, you're rubbish. We lost the last three games. Give them a chance. I, but I was, we've given them a chance. And I don't know if it's enough, but the only thing is it can only get worse. And we might not even survive the Premiership to even get a chance to have this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't even in the Premier League. <laughs> who are we asking? Who are we really saying here? Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, it's a bit like having the funding thing. If you ain't got the funding, you can't perform. Well, if we ain't even in the league, we, we're having a, this is a very different conversation. If we aren't in the Premiership, mm. this conversation becomes a very different conversation. I think Wenger reminds me of, you know, you know that old school teacher or that, that young teacher who was super inexperienced and you you just loved who he you loved who he who he is and you loved his character but just wasn't good. Now that's not to say that Arsene Wenger um was inexperienced, but I think the 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 reason why I've kind of used that analogy is because I feel that a lot of the players were still playing for him, but I do feel that he his tactics were a bit stale and I've feel that he should have gone a long time ago to be on a long time I think he stayed there way too long because there were Arsenal were under were underachieving in his last few seasons yes they were winning stuff here and there mm-hmm. but they were they were they were struggling they were really 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 struggling and as bad as this sounds I feel like the last the latter years of Wenger is really the catalyst of what's happening now and, yeah, no, yeah. you're you're right, but at the same time, they I don't think they thought it through properly how they were going to move forward, and that's the problem. Man United made the same mm. mistake. Look at them now. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's the biggest issue. If you, they think if they thought Wenger's time was up, then you have to make a proper plan, and it's mm. it's not worked out like that. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, what do you lot think about? <laughs> people must be laughing. What do you lot think about the demise of um, Barcelona? It's so sad. No, it is sad. I just don't know how these things happen. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know. You tell me, guys. It's, it's sad. just mis. It's, it's mismanagement. Like, I'm. To be honest, I I loved watching Barcelona when they're at their peak. I thought they were phenomenal. And to watch a team, they're not going to make the Champions League this season. No, they're not. No. <laughs> like, no. They're terrible. Yeah, they're they're really terrible. And just seeing how they've the crash so fast is just. It's just mad, and it just shows you how greed can get you into these positions it's literally greed it's by mm. spending money on players that like inflating prices Coutinho what 100 and what for Coutinho yeah, about 146 yeah 142 or something yeah like come on like Dembele was 100 plus um yeah. it's that's a uh, I can the list goes on like, like they spent so much money that they didn't have just trying yeah. to compete with mainly the clubs in in this country. Just yeah. stay in your lane. <laughs> stay yeah, in your lane. Stay in your lane. No, it's true. Um, what was your favourite Barcelona team, Ed? Um, oh, that's a bit tricky, you know, because I did like the Ronaldinho side. Um, yeah, that's my favourite. Because I just thought Ronaldinho was... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. 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 Um, but... Uh, the Guard- the Guardiola team was uh, well. They were unstoppable. They were yeah. unstoppable. Um, they were. Yeah. I, th- I. Yeah. I agree. I think they were much better. But Dino's team. Th- the reason why I liked them so much was because they had weaknesses at the back. So that's what made it more exciting. So Barcelona could win every game like five three or four three because Dino would obviously show up, do showboating, mm-hmm. do a couple of assists, score a banger. But because defensively they they weren't so great, and no disrespect to um, Victor Valdez, he he wasn't a top keeper. <laughs> he wasn't in, in my opinion. So 
yeah, you you always had a chance against Barca, but Dino, Ronaldinho, honestly, the guy was just maybe for what two or three seasons, the guy was honestly on another planet. He was just doing he was doing ridiculous things. Honestly, he was just taking people on. He made Real Madrid fans um, clap for him. He was just oh my goodness, yeah, great, 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 great team, but. Yeah, I guess for me, yeah, it's just greedy. That's just all it is. Um, yeah. La Liga don't, you know, in terms of the TV rights, they don't get as much money as, um, you know, the Premiership Premier. clubs. So I don't know what they thought they were doing, but it is what it is. And now Messi is now playing in what everyone likes to call the Farmers League, but I won't call it that. I still have respect for that league. But what Messi, what's Messi doing in Paris? What's he doing there? He don't belong there. Well, end of the season will we'll kind of show whether his decision was right or wrong. Um, I mean, yeah. can't you say that the, the big spending doesn't help? But you know, there's been Premiership teams that help multiple times. It, it, it does but help. It, 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 yeah, it, it generally does. I and mean, sometimes, like, it's, maybe it's like Clash of the Titans they didn't work well together as well. That big, all that big, big mm. spending. But it, it's sad though, you know, because isn't that like? I mean, they're one of the teams that. Especially even from looking back within their like youth games, like youth academy yeah. is mad. Like everyone wants to be. It, yeah. it's, it's you. You have huge, huge not in, well, names. I would get names, but uh, insane players. But mm. to try and emulate and be that through senior level, and then just keep up. It's a bit like keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing, but within yeah. football. Yeah. And last one, I think it's just like you know, just spitting them in the spitting them in the butt. But um, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna make the. That's gonna be well. That's bad. That's like the ending of an era. Really. It is the end of an era. Do you know what I mean? It's like a new. That has to be a new, new era because, you, like I said, you can't be not trying to be scraping in lane one and then suddenly you're picking up gold medals. It's that's rare. <laughs> yeah. And that's what that's yeah. what the Barcelona are gonna be trying to do. Yeah, no, it's it is the end. It's happened to them. Well, not in this way, but it's happened to them before in the past. I'm sure they'll bounce back yeah. one day, but their time is. Their time is 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 up for now, um, and it just shows you. Real Madrid went through the same issues with them um, as Barcelona with money, but they just never spent any money, which is why they're able to survive now. Barcelona was still spending money they did not have, <laughs> like like they were getting loans from where. I don't know. Loans with that little one percent interest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, quick quick shout out to the Paris Saint Germain owners who um, rejected that humongous bid for Mbappe. Only they could just say no. What, what, what? When I heard that they rejected the bid, and then I, then I, then I realised, then I humbled myself and I realised, these are, these are Qataris. They don't need the money. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So before we, before we round off, let's, Montel, how's, um, how's training going? Training is very good. Um, now, like I mentioned, like I had a couple of upset, um, just illness and stuff, which is so weird. Like I always find the last few weeks have been focusing on just training full time, so like working less because I was like, you know, really it was four months now to my Olympics and qualifying and testing was coming up, all that stuff. And there's just normal peaks and troughs as you do. It's never smooth. Everyone thinks you, I train, I train every day. Every day, one day, honestly, you I'd feel like right. I'm about to do this thing, and the yeah. very next day you come to training, <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm literally at square one. Like you feel like you're at square one. <laughs> It'd just be like that, but yeah. I'm experienced enough now that I don't let that face me. And I know a lot of athletes were have been had been panicking before me, but oh my gosh, you worry about whether you're in shape, whether you're like really enough. And I was just like, you know what, it is what it is. You've yeah. got to just trust that you're doing the training, and you've got to also be smart. Now, training for me is about training smart. I even posted about that earlier on my story yeah. because literally a couple of days ago, I meant to train. My body said, what are you trying to do? There's no way. I did a warm-up, my warm-up set, and I that felt heavy. And I was like, there is no way I can put the numbers what I need to be putting in today. There's no way. Yeah. Old me, when you're young, you just train. You go, oh, I'm just going to do it. And you just yeah. probably hurt yourself or you break down, break you down more. Now, I don't have to do that. I'm like, nope, you know what? I live to fight another day. I can walk away, have a rest day, give myself more recovery and do it because it's quality over quantity. And it's the same like we're saying in football. There's no point spending big, big coin and you spend it on no one. You yeah. need to spend the money where it needs to go and I need to put the money in my bank in my body where it needs to go and be smart yeah. about it. So it's been good. 
for now. I'm in a few. I've got another block to go before I have a test in before going out on ice for me. Okay. So that should be. I'm excited about that because that was meant to happen last weekend. Long story. A lot of stuff, politics, mm. all that stuff. So that's not happened um, now. Okay. So I'm staying at home um, for a bit, and I'll be November. I'll be testing and getting ready for my season. So, okay. Yeah. Brilliant. Sh- should be fun. Should definitely be fun. Um, yeah. one last question: How are you keeping your immune system um, oh, healthy? Um, how am I keeping my immune system? You know what? I'm not. <laughs> it's all so many times. Um, well, number one, definitely, I'm being a bit more serious about. Well, a couple of things. Number one, definitely on my like things like sleep. And I know it sounds really stupid and similar, but some someone as well, like naturally I'm a, a late sleeper, like late bed, I'll be late bed. Like if I don't go this I won't go to bed this side of today. It's usually after midnight mm. late. Mm. So mm. I retrain that and was like, right, adding the little things. So one of my things was making sure I'm sleeping better, making sure I'm um obviously I'm not working as much, so I'm having more rest and I'm not up and down, ramping and raving everywhere. <laughs> Uh, making sure that like I'm recovering from training in terms of my food, but also like time because I now got time to like stretch. Because even to warm down from a session, I don't usually have time. I'm running mm. out the door to go to work or something where I've had more yeah. time. Also, up in my supplements. So like I am someone who's the worst at taking any vitamin, any mineral, no protein. Honestly, I was riding just rago, like mm. really just just water and bread kind of. <laughs> honestly, like, and so I just, but it's expensive. I'm buying supplements for protein, vitamin C, B12, stuff like you know, vitamin D. Yeah. To, because you need stuff, but you're training so hard, you need extra recovery because you're not doing normal yeah. things. That's what normal people generally need, like on an average basis. So I made yeah. sure I started doing, making sure I tried to be more disciplined on that. Um, and also trying to stay away from people. I'm not going to lie because I've, the first time I got ill was because I was run down. Mm. And my immune system was low. And the second time I got ill because I was with my teammate, my teammate was ill. So I called it off her. And mm. it's just like trying to keep myself to myself and not be, you know, people want to see, oh, I haven't seen you for so long, come see. And it's like, just trying not to be in and about around stuff because there's so much, like, people got winter, like the late summer flu thing. Yeah. Everyone was getting sick and just those things. If you're around people a lot, you can just pick up stuff quickly. Mm. So mm. I've been, I had to be a bit selfish and, and be like, no, sorry, <laughs> stay away and stuff like that because it's just, it's just, it only takes, same small, but an illness. I was ill like three weeks ago. I was out for almost three weeks. So I have two wow. weeks where I can't train. That's half of my block or almost mm-hmm. two thirds of my block. I can't miss two weeks of training. Yeah. You, you can't do that. So, because yeah. there's all this, remember the, the deadline, you still have a time frame. You have to be ready on that day at that time, yeah. on that date. So you, if you miss two days, the day is still traveling forward yeah. towards it. You can't just be push it back. So just trying to be more sensible with all those things. That's what I mean about training smart. It's not just about the physical training as well. It's about, do I need to be doing this? Is this better for me right now? If I don't need to do it, keep my backside quiet. <laughs> okay. Well, guys, this was the, the bonus episode. This is our second bonus episode. <laughs> and hopefully there's a lot more to come. Um, I was going to leave this bonus episode with a cliffhanger but I don't think Edwin will be happy with me I'm going to tell you what I was going to do Ed when we come offline but anyway guys until next time stay healthy stay safe I think stay safe stay healthy I normally say yeah until next time peace